I am interrupting your very irregularly scheduled podcast programming here at Sick Palette. Um, <laughs> to number one, finally give you a podcast. So you're welcome. But also, I am galvanized. Galvanized to say no. No. I'm not going to put out the TV review podcast today. At first, I was going to say to myself, no, continue with the programming that you have told your very amazing subscribers about. And listen, it's not that you're not amazing. It's that sometimes the news cycle is just so great, so great that you got to you got to flip it up a little, flip it, flip it around, remix it. So we're here. We're here doing the weekly Sick Palette podcast with, with a few changes, but it's just, the changes are just going to like last for about a month, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome to the Sick Palette podcast. I'm your host, Deepa Sridhar. And man, oh man. So, Here's a little bit of a peek behind the curtains here. Uh, I have been planning to do in September essentially a month-long kind of deep dive into a type of liquor uh, that I really love, but also a deep dive into starting basically opening the doors on talking about cocktails. So maybe moving forward, moving forward, yes, we will definitely have lots and lots and lots of wine talk, a lot of wine reviews. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to fit everything in, but also, also, I just wanted to, to be able to start opening, opening up to other beverages, um, other things I like to drink, maybe what y'all like to drink. You know, the comments, the comments section is just waiting for y'all. Um, that's neither here nor there. And so this month in September, uh, I was going to basically do like a, a month long residency, would you call it? Is that what you call it? If it's um, on your own Substack. <laughs> with you being the creator of all content, I'm going to go ahead and say residency. It's a month-long residency, not just not for me, uh, because that would make me sound like a lunatic, uh, but for Jin. And I find this to be a highly underrated uh, fall-winter uh, cocktail uh, maker. It's just... For me, when I think about gin, yes, gin works great in the springtime. But I also like gin in, strangely enough, warm drinks. I like gin uh, in a mulled wine situation. I think gin works in a lot of um, fun ways, especially when paired with wine. That makes me sound like someone with a problem. But hopefully within this month, I can, I can undo whatever sentence just spewed out of my mouth right now. 
So let's get into it. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, also, full disclosure, anytime I say I'm getting, my, I'm getting ahead of myself, I always want to follow it up with, by the way, I could rap. If you know, you know. That's all. I can't rap. That's just what I want to say. That's, that's just an Easter egg from me to anyone else who knows what I'm talking about. Um, but why, why on the first ever uh, gin podcast, gin-centric podcast, uh, in your weekly feed, would the news cycle be prevalent? And apparently, a whole country's mama, as some people would like to uh, let us know, the world's queen, the queen of the world, um, has passed. And listen, uh, you know, uh, RIP for, for what it's worth. Um, but I, I do want to take a moment. I want to take a moment because I feel like there's been a lot of discourse on the internet about the idea of respectability. And I find that when that word typically comes out, it is very, very, very um, prevalent (laughs) on one demographic more than the other. If you're catching my drift. So let's get into that before we get into so gin. So to recap, yesterday, uh, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, uh, passed away. And finally, the young babe, Prince Charles, at the sweet, the sweet age of 73, has decided, has decided to stop taking that sabbatical and become, finally the King of England, which, thank God, because here's the thing. Uh, This is also what I love about this, this nonsense of a monarchy. Really, truly, the only reason why it is still relevant in my ears. (laughs) And, And please, anyone from England can explain this to me. I know, I know, I know it's a constitutional monarchy. I get that. There's like certain things they can do, but they can't do a lot of things, blah, 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 blah. I I really wish, I really wish there was one person with some power there to be able to say, let's, let's squash it. Let's squash it. Okay. Because this baby king, the 73 year old baby king is now going to be the king of England and I do believe he's still going to keep all of our jewels. Um, I think they're still sort of uh, thieves, right? Uh, so they haven't like changed anything about the occupation as far as I'm concerned, right? They, they're they still sort of just like a bunch of inbred pirates um, who kind of sort of ruined the world, 
And um, it's just very interesting to me that we, all we have, all we have as uh, black and brown people and people who have, and let me, wait a minute, before I go all black and brown on everybody and the Irish and the Scottish, but all we have as a people, people as in all humans that have um, in some way or another been, been hurt by this dynasty are jokes. That's all we have, right? At the end of the day, this nonsense is going to keep going on and on and on. And whether or not you feel, you know, listen, personally, if you grew up in England and, you know, this was your mama's mama or however y'all want to say it, you know, like she was this shining emblem of doing nothing in times of needing to do nothing. I... I <laughs> Incredible stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. It's it's beautiful that she's also known. <laughs> I watch the crowd. Listen, listen. As much as I like to give this stuff guff, I watch the crowd. And my favorite thing of, about learning about this inbred villain is that she was so she was she was known as being so stoic because at in the times that she could have spoken up or uh you know veered politics perhaps towards a more progressive path uh she just chose to simply do nothing um and that was the strongest thing uh a woman in her power could do is nothing and and here's the thing. There's a lot of people out there being like, listen, she, you know, she's part of the patriarchy and she was given this role and she didn't have any choice. And that this is a lot of, um, there's just, there's a lot of essentially excusing, excusing, we're past bad behavior. But uh, let's say she, you know, inherited this like, this honestly, this this terrible, soulless grunt work, even though the reward was high materially. Um, she during her reign, there were there were a few things that happened. I don't want to get into um, the list. I had a list. I had a list on my little Google Doc for today, and I was like, "Well, listen, I know I'm going to make a lot of jokes, and you all have the internet." But I want you to understand that for immigrants coming from Commonwealth nations to England, uh, she made life very difficult, um, especially in the 60s. Um, And this whole idea that um, she had inherited uh, essentially this, this beacon of white supremacy that's not an excuse, right? At the end of the day, you guys gotta let me know. Was she stoic and powerful? Or was she just, you know, this lost babe in the woods 
with a too big of a crown. It's probably just weighing her down, right, with all of those African diamonds uh, that were uh, stolen just, just atop her head. <laughs> and that's the thing. We have jokes. This is not getting even. Even is not on the playing field here. It, it just, it can't be, okay? Even, even could not happen in our wildest uh, dreams or nightmares. And even is not something that I think people are even looking for. Right? Like I said, the monarchy is intact. You know, this nonsense is going to go on forever and ever and ever, it seems like. And if at the end of the day, they just have to hear about it more on social media or, you know, they have to have tougher questions, that's, that's almost a nothing price to pay for a family that has not really paid any price. So I, I, really, I really feel like if, if there's anyone out there, you know, who, who feels like people, people are maybe in poor taste talking about or joking about this. By, by the way, the woman lived to be 96. She had, a, she had a very long life. This is, this is what happens, right, to all of us. But it's not about respectability. It's about accountability. And if that is something that hurts you, I want you to understand at least, at least, well, as far as you know, at least you do not carry generations and generations of famine, disease, poverty, and other atrocities in your bones because your ancestors had to deal with that and they passed those on to you. So let's just keep that in mind, everybody. Sometimes I really do try to temper myself, but there, there's, there's certain, there's certain topics. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it fly. <laughs> so, let's talk about gin. Before we get into the <laughs> colonialism of it all, uh, let's let's talk about the history of gin. Uh, gin, gin was one of those spirits that that. I, well, so it it started it started I guess like the the first idea of it, um, which essentially that core ingredient of gin, which is juniper. Gin is a is an herbal is an herbal based alcohol. Um, so essentially. Gin's, gin's kind of emblem of flavor comes from juniper. And that is dated as far back as 70 AD, according to this Vine Pear article that will be cited in the notes. Um, so essentially in 70 AD, 
they, they don't say where, but it just feels like somewhere Italian is, is the feeling, okay? <laughs> I think it, it might be, it might be Roman, okay? Uh, there was an idea of essentially you can, you can add juniper to an already, you know, active ferment for alcohol. Um, and it, and it's just started to, it just started to give people a more medicinal appeal to wine. So they would steep these juniper berries in wine. Um, and that was supposed to actually help with especially the chest problems, respiratory problems. Um, and then in the 16th century, the Dutch, uh, famously amazing at colonizing, uh, produced a spirit called Jennifer. And so people would start calling it Jen. Um, and it was, it was essentially, you know, medicinal as well. It was, it was kind of sort of uh, going along the whole same lines of having a wine base and lots and lots of juniper. Um, and this was, uh, typically they got like pretty cheap, crudely made wine. So those juniper berries were not only there to be giving to give like a, a medicinal appeal to this alcohol, but it was also to mask the actual taste of this very cheap wine. Uh, so it just started to be shortened to gin, and gin turned into gin because you know how language goes. Uh, and then uh, something something insane insane happened. <laughs> gin and England famously. Um, was, a, was a real dynamic duo. So in the late 1600s, William III of England, also known as William of Orange, he became the King of England and Ireland and Scotland, okay? And he was kind of Trumpian a little, you know? Um, he, he was really about kind of isolating and I shouldn't just say Trumpian. There's actually quite a few strong, strong man politicians that can fit this bill. But um, he was essentially wanting to uh, have like an isolationist kind of uh, economy, especially against France. Um, because remember, in the 1600s, France and England, not, not a BFFs as they are now. And so he would have heavy, heavy taxes on French wine, French imports, uh, imports, cognac. You know what happened? I saw cognac and I saw that G and that N. And I just said to myself, this is going to be a problem. But I wasn't there yet. I was still on the word imports. And uh, so heavy, heavy taxes on anything French. And then at the same time, essentially just like a free for all tax break on all spirits productions. Um, basically, you know, make, make England great again, sort of energy. Mega, not mega. Um, which kind of sounds better. Mega. Ooh, like that is a word already, right? Mega. <laughs> Why didn't y'all use that for Brexit? Brexit is just not as dope as mega. Like I could, you know, like y'all could have done something with it. Um, so this was like led to a, a time in England called the gin craze. Um, 
because apparently people went insane. So essentially, uh, surprise, surprise, um, the royalty and high society, uh, they wanted to make sure they were like the influencers, right? Of the late 1600s. So in court, they would be slowly sipping gin. And at this point, gin is still being made a little willy-nilly. Like, not everybody has has really dialed in what makes gin gin, right? And they were sipping on it because um, they, they everything in life is, is going their way, okay? So they don't they don't have to drink alcohol in the way that a lot of poor people might drink alcohol. Um, so it became definitely, you know, uh, a gin craze. Poor, the poorer people were drinking a whole lot more gin, um, and gin was being made in really wild ways. So essentially, gin was... Uh, being distilled with anything from like turpentine, sulfuric acid, sawdust, sawdust. This is, when I saw in the article sawdust, I, I, it, it made me think of like those Game of Thrones scenes where like you, you go to, what's it called? Flea Bottom? Is that what it is? Where it's like they, they take you to the poorest of poor of King's Landing and you just like end up there and you're just like, what, what is wrong with everyone? Everyone just seems insane. I feel like th- that area of King's Landing was going through gin craze. Um, so it was a lot of that energy. So um, essentially starting in the mid uh, 1700s, it, it started to kind of be like, oh, this is a problem. And, and and instead of like, you know, trying to do anything to actually fix uh, how your country is being run or or trying to fix or, or being able to to give people who are living in poverty a fighting chance, they decided to vilify the spirit um, that they had you know, in the past 50 years, been like, no, 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 this is, this is what you should drink if you want to be cool and rich and hot like us in court. So then it was uh, vilified. Um, and instead of uh, giving them, and by them I mean uh, most of the country, um, an ability to essentially get out of their own situation, uh it was it was starting to be blamed for overconsumption, negligence, insanity. Um, so they outlawed the consumption of it. And um, 1751, there was a Gin Act, and it started to raise the taxes and the fees um, for retailers and people that made it. And so, uh, by then, by 1800s, beer became cheaper than gin. And um, beer became the way to go. So all of that is going on. And essentially, you know, now gin is out, beer is in, right? In 1830, a French-born Irishman. Hmm. Take that in for a second. 
uh, Anais Coffee, he introduced um, a way to essentially make a safer uh, liquor production. And he, I, I'm sure maybe step one, he was like, guys, no more sawdust. Let's, let's take the sawdust out. Let's take the turpentine out. Let's, let's start anew. Juniper. Juniper is what you need, right? Why don't we start there? <laughs> um, engine producers were elated, right? This, this might be a way to essentially make a spirit that didn't, um, <laughs> I don't know, didn't make someone insane. <laughs> and um, it became a favorite of the British Royal Navy. Um, so here's the Navy. They're, they're all gin drinkers. They're having a blast. Um, but they found themselves. I also love the way that this article says it. Sailors often found themselves traveling to destinations where malaria was prevalent. Ha! Huh. <laughs> why did you find yourself doing that? How did you find yourself on this ship, good sir? Why are you sailing to these places? Because... Because we were in the middle of our colonization boom, okay? And uh, India was one of those countries where malaria is and was prevalent, right? And so uh, they had quinine rations to help essentially uh, fight this disease. Um, and, but quinine is really, really bitter, especially by itself, um, so they started to make essentially a tonic water. Uh, so it had, the tonic water had quinine in it and it just, instead of it giving a sort of really, really bitter taste, it was just kind of, um, almost sweet and tangy when you put it into the water. Um, and that's kind of the start of the gin and tonic. Now, you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm not sure how that, uh, why, why is that a big deal when we're talking about colonialism? Because essentially, this is something that was consumed by troops. Um, and it was a way to make sure that they were healthy, but also, um, led to a lot of bad behavior. And this is essentially something colonial, colonialism itself is terrible, but essentially you're empowering people. You're empowering a whole Navy to essentially drink loads and loads and loads of this thing while, while your mission is to oppress and suppress people. Now, I'm not going to get to um graphic about it but it it led it led to some stuff shall we say okay um sure it kept them healthy um but it also made them drunk and it made them uh take you know any violent tendencies that that might have been there are amped up you're hopped up your mission is to suppress I'll let y'all do those dot, dot, dots, okay? Also, when we talk about gin, 
Now, now Jin might have been um, now a, a, a far more less dangerous alcohol, right? There's no more sawdust in it, no more turpentine. But when we're talking about gin itself, it really kind of took to its own when being in India because it was Indians who were able to essentially see this product and be able to start adding more herbs to it. So this whole, you know, 11 herbs that are typically associated with um, gin. Let's see. I think it says, oh yeah, seven of the 11 botanicals um, are used, are used uh, typically in gin, are, are from India. So India is very, very, very um, important when we're talking about what gin tastes like today. And because of our ability to, to add flavor and spice um, and to make something taste incredibly delicious, um, gin, gin became something to this day. Indians love gin. Um, what is exciting is there are a whole lot of gins now being produced by Indians. Um, so I definitely want to try um, a few of those this month. We're going to have a few gin reviews, but we are also going to be making for each episode, uh, we're going to be making a gin cocktail uh, made with still Austin gin. And we're going to feature it not only on the Instagram grid, but also in the show notes. And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. All right. First cocktail, obviously, is going to be a still Austin gin and tonic with a few, a few variations. Um, and that will be posted below as well. Let's talk about what's coming up. We still have four paid subscribers. Um, the bear podcast with Ben Fordham. Uh, this is going to be our TV review, our first ever TV review podcast episode, um, dropping, dropping by the weekend. You heard me by the weekend. We will get this out here. Um, newsletter side, we're going to be having uh, the Jaggery um, Sugar newsletter along with a day party episode, along with a supper club interview, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then coming down the pipeline um, in October, a couple interviews that I'm really, really excited about. Um, one with a winemaker that that I have just, I, I cannot, I cannot say enough good things about the wine that I've had this summer from this winemaker. And that should be a pretty big clue for y'all. Um, thank you guys for supporting this podcast. I, I am always overwhelmed and shocked every week. There are far more downloads uh, than the week before. And you guys have really helped grow this community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you do want to be a paid subscriber, you can now do it through a, a free week trial, try it on, you know, go through all those archives. If you're like, you know what, let me, let me just go and find every recipe I want. This is a great time to do it. Um, 
But of course, if I, I hope you guys will stick around and you can be an annual paid subscriber for $30 and get lots and lots of content. Okay, I will talk to you guys very soon. Goodbye.